Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile Life, the podcast. This is episode 80 called Page. Okay, guys. So before we get started, I just wanted to remind everybody that Fertility Rally Live is happening on October 24th. So in a nutshell, it's going to be a jam-packed all-virtual day filled with keynote speakers, Anna Victoria and Samantha Bush, two superstar panels featuring CNN's Chloe Malas, Y7 Studio founder and CEO Sarah Larson-Levy, actress Camille Guadi, and then four female REs answering all of your questions. We're also going to have 16 powerful breakout sessions covering IVF, egg freezing, miscarriage, surrogacy, adoption, donor egg and sperm, intimacy during infertility, and a lot more. There's going to be tons of giveaways, exhibitor booths, a virtual VIP swag bag, a happy hour, of course, to cap off the day, and so much more. So if you or anybody you know is going through infertility, please spread the word. You can get tickets. The link is on our Instagram, which is at Fertility Rally, or you can look at my Instagram, which is at Infertile AF Stories. And you can also go to our website, which is fertilityrally.com. We really hope you guys will join us for this amazing groundbreaking event. Okay, so I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode today with Paige, who is one of the stars of DeMarcus Family Rules, which is a new show on Netflix. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's a reality show that covers Rascal Flatts bassist Jay DeMarcus's life with his beauty queen wife, Allison DeMarcus. And Paige is Allison's best friend, and she has become kind of the breakout star of the show. So she's really funny. She's also a fashion designer and has a lot of other things going on. So one of the things I wanted to cover with her was she's been open on the show about what she went through to have her twins. So today she's going to tell us all about her infertility story, how she ended up using a surrogate and didn't go through a surrogacy agency, which is interesting and another perspective that we haven't featured yet on the show. So it's a great interview. She's really funny, really cool. Paige, thank you so much for being here today. And without further ado, this is Paige's infertility story. Paige, hey, how are you? Thank you for doing this. Hey, howdy. I'm so glad. I appreciate it's you having me. So good to meet you. First of all, I want to talk about the show. You, okay. <laughs> it's been so fun to watch. And you, tell me how you guys got involved with that and how it's been going on your end. And you've been called the the sleeper hit of the show. kind of the Well, I don't necessarily know about that. I don't spend much time <laughs> sleeping with two twins. But, um, you know, Allison is my very best friend. And people kind of think, really, you know, y'all are great friends. But we've been friends for years, you know, and uh, she is good friends with the Chrisleys and I'm acquaintances of them. And they thought, you know, why not? After they guest starred on several of their shows, Chrisley knows best. Mm -hmm. Why not go ahead and do your own show about your family in Nashville? And I'm kind of in and out all the time. So I became part of the cast and uh, here I am and my kids are in the show, my twins. So yes. And I love that you talk about, you know, your infertility journey, which we're going to get into, but I'd like to yeah, start, it was, oh, it, go ahead. you know, it, I just want to say it was something that we kind of 
think this taboo and we wanted to talk about, right? Yes. And we've both had our struggles and different struggles, but similar in, in, in many ways, you know, any woman that goes through this. But, you know, we want people to watch the show. And episode three really focuses a lot on infertility and that journey and uh, log into Netflix and watch DeMarcus Family Rules. Yep, absolutely. I love the Netflix boom, boom, that thing that they do. With them. Every time I hear that, I get excited that it's going to be a good show. That's right. Okay, so let's start at the beginning with you. Where did you grow up and did you always want to have kids? No, I did not always want to have kids and I'm not grown up yet. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to grow up every day, but I live in rural West Tennessee. So if you go to the middle of nowhere and take a left, I live on the right. <laughs> and uh, that is in South Fulton, Tennessee. So I've always lived in Obine County, Tennessee my entire life. Uh-huh. Okay. And no, I didn't necessarily want to have kids. I thought I was going to be that free bird, you know? Yeah. So you weren't very maternal or were you just, were you focused on other things? Oh, I don't necessarily think it wasn't being maternal. It's just that um, I didn't see the, how they fit into you know, what I wanted to do. I traveled the world for work as a fashion designer. Mm -hmm. uh, I still do that now. Today, I have my retail store in Union City, Joann's, and we sell formal and evening gowns. And so I designed them and I was in Hong Kong and China and different places all the time, getting fabrics in Paris. And, you know, I, I just didn't see how I could function as, as a parent, but then life changed. Mm -hmm. So tell me what happened when you started to try to have kids. Well, I mean, you know, honestly, in 2012, I was in China and I became ill and I diagnosed myself through Google with a pulmonary embolism. Mm. So I took a flight back to Hong Kong because I knew I needed to get health care. Mm -hmm. And I'd been dating this great guy, you know, and um, I told him, I said, I'm taking a flight. He was Ohio boy. Don't hold that against him. <laughs> and uh, I was taking this flight back to Hong Kong, and I kind of saw my life flash before my eyes. I said, man, this is bad. I'm having trouble breathing. So I was in the hospital for many days there. Was Dr. Google correct? Was that what, is that what it was? That's what it was, bilateral wow. pulmonary embolism. So, so kind of from, very scary and very serious. Very serious, but we couldn't figure out what it was caused from. You know, I was on this long flight. You know, I'm a little overweight. I mean, I think every woman may be kind of wants to lose a few pounds, but sure. I need to lose way more than a few. <laughs> and that's what it was. And so I had to learn to walk again. And I lived in the Holiday Inn there in Hong Kong for a while and wow. had a nurse friend that came over that's still my great friend today and took care of me. Mm -hmm. But I had this guy that I was dating that came over. And uh, it became apparent that he was the one at that time in sickness and in health kind of situation. Mm -hmm. And He'd never been married, no children either. I didn't have any children. And we were like, uh, you know, maybe we need to do this. But first things first, let's get, get well. So I took a container ship back across the ocean. Whoa, because you weren't supposed to fly? Right. Okay. From Hong Kong to Long Beach, California. Oh, my God. How long did that take? 17 days. <laughs> wow. With 22 Filipino men. Wow. And my boyfriend. Okay. And we said to each other, look, we're either going to fall in love or we're never going to want to see each other again. Because mm -hmm. this wasn't like the carnivore in Norwegian. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking your entertainment was a DVD that you may have, a German newspaper that came in once a day, or, you know, some Beck's beer and some Pringles. Oh, my God. 
so we made it and then he rented a minivan and drove me all the way home to my house, which he'd never been to. And it was Christmas Eve. Okay. So, so suffice it to say you did fall in love on the, on the container ship <laughs> over love, Pringles and married, Beck's. Got married the next uh, August. And uh, here I was, late 30s, and I thought, well, it's my time to shine. So I went to the hematologist and talked to them. Is there any reason that I should not have children? What do you think this blood clot was caused by? I was on birth control. Okay. And they evidently think that the rise in estrogen caused the blood clot. Wow. Combined with the long flight. Mm. and the hematologist did all the tests on me. I had no conditions that would cause it, so they told me to never take birth control again. Mm -hmm. So they said, but yeah, you should try to have a baby. So I thought, well, what are my chances of doing this? Well, it was pretty easy. I'll be honest with you. I know women have a lot of problem with that part, Mm -hmm. but literally it was a couple of glasses of wine, and I'm pregnant. Okay. (laughs) And I was really excited. Didn't tell my family or anything. Want to get to that 12-week mark. First time I'd ever tried to get pregnant in my life. And one day I was pulling in the driveway. And I had like this feeling. I I really, like something wasn't right. Like, like something had happened. Mm -hmm. And it just went from head to toe, like a, like a wave, like something was wrong. And I'd lost a baby. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And so I told my husband I was going to the doctor and yeah, I was right. My suspicions were confirmed. Mm-hmm. How far along were you? Right at 12 mm-hmm. weeks, right before the time where you'd tell your family and get real excited, you know? Right, right. And that was hard to deal with because then it was an internal struggle. You know, you're glad you didn't tell your people, but there's really nobody to talk to about it. Right. I've always had that conflict with waiting till 12 weeks. Just a little bit about me. I had four miscarriages and, you know, it's at first you don't want to tell people, but then when you have a couple of losses, I found that I did want to tell people because if I had a loss, I wanted them to know. I didn't want to call and be like, oh, I was pregnant and now I'm not anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's a lot to deal with on your your own, you know? Mm -hmm. So we, we dealt with it and I went to the doctor and she said, my OB and she said, you know, it's the estrogen. She said, just like the blood clot, the estrogen rises during your pregnancy. And I believe that's what happened here. Mm. So then I went to a specialist, really great guy at Nashville Fertility that Allison recommended on the show because she had dealt dealt with him and her own struggles that she mentions and we talk about in episode three. Mm -hmm. And he he said, you know, Paige, I think you're fertile myrtle, but I think the problem is that this baby, this estrogen, I just don't know if you have another blood clot, is it going to kill the baby or is it going to kill you? Oh, wow. So then we had to think about you know, what we wanted to do, right? Yeah, that's very heavy. And then we thought, okay, so what if we had our eggs removed, my eggs removed, I say ours, and then mixed with my husband's yin-yang, and we try to get an embryo and we use a gestational carrier. Mm -hmm. So we did it. 
Okay. Super Bowl Sunday. Here come the eggs. I was like, I was on, you know, the Lovenox shots to make sure I didn't have a blood clot while I was stimulated, right? Right. And went through all the rigmarole, stayed in Nashville real close to the hospital in case something happened. Sure. And I mean, I looked like I was in a, my third trimester the day before my egg retrieval. My goodness. Right. Right. I mean, but here they come and they were great. Was I mean, it? Okay, sorry, just backing up a little bit. Was it hard to come to that decision or was it kind of like life or death? Like you were like, it's, I can't do it any other way. To me, I don't think it was hard to come to that decision because, you know, I knew that at that point we wanted to be parents. My life had changed. You know, I was married now and I wanted to do this. So I was like, let's just roll. I mean, when I make my mind up, I just want to do it. And I think a lot of women do that. And ones that don't achieve their goal, it's got to be heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. But I want to tell them, don't stop. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got to find a way. And I mean, you've got to be your own advocate, your own healthcare advocate, your own emotional support. And you've just got to push yourself to get to your goal. I think right. a lot of people just give up and go, well, wasn't in the cards. Well, I wasn't going to take no for an answer. Yeah, I felt the same way as you. So did was it hard for you guys to find a gestational carrier? And can you tell me about that process a little bit? You know, it wasn't hard. We had we were lucky to have plenty of great embryos, and um, I found a great lady, and uh, she uh, she had done this before. Did you and go through an agency? No, did not go through an agency, but I did go through an attorney. Okay, uh, that specialized in this, and um, you know she didn't charge me tons of fees or anything like that. She said, "Hey, I know a lady, and she has done this before, and she lives close to your geographic area. It's about a three hour drive." And so I used her and we had, we were so excited. One boy, AJ, perfect. And we had our baby showers and there was a court accident two weeks before the due date. Oh no. Okay. And he died. I'm so sorry. Whoa. And Tell me about that. That must have been oh, really, really tough. Yeah. I mean, financially you're thinking about it and emotionally you're thinking about it. And then I'm thinking about my marriage, you know, my gosh, you know, what the hell has just happened to me? Mm -hmm. I mean, how could I fail again? Mm. What did I do wrong? Why did you feel like it was that you were a failure? Well, I thought, did I maybe pick the wrong carrier or did I not check all the boxes right here? You know, what, what did I do? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't do anything. Right. And it took me a while to realize I didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And it was sad. We had to have a funeral and, uh, you know, bury our sweet little boy and got to hold him and spend some time with him. And uh, it was it was pretty, pretty, pretty terrible. So, so sorry. So was it and, the cord was like wrapped around? No, it just got kinked. It, it got kinked like a water hose is the way the doctor described it to me mm-hmm. uh it wasn't around his neck he looked perfect you know when we held him and everything it was just kinked like a water hose so and I felt for my carrier you know mm-hmm. she felt the same way I did you know like she had done something wrong she didn't do anything wrong right you know she did the best she did her job you know and I mean it was emotional for her because you could tell she was a driven person and she wanted to achieve this goal for me just as much as I did you know mm-hmm. And um, we try to comfort her and be there for her and her husband, too, mm-hmm. who selflessly, you know, did this for other people. It takes special people to do this, right? Absolutely, yeah. Special people. And um, 
then, you know, I, it pisses me off when people say, you know, they do it for the money. Well, mm-hmm. let me tell you something. They don't do it for the money. That's not what it's about. They do it because they have a need to help others. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, it's not about that. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, it just wasn't in the cards for me. I kind of got a little bit of that give up point after all this. You of know? course, you've gone through a lot. Yeah. And then here's Allison calling me on the phone. Uh-uh. Nope. Not going to do it. You're not going to give up. Mm-hmm. I said, well, Allison, I don't know. You know, in my 40s now, she said, you got the embryos. They're there. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't know if I can do this. Mm-hmm. She made the appointment. She had me go in to see the same doctor again. And she said, you tell them this is supposed to be your first Christmas mm-hmm. with these babies, with a baby. <laughs> and you don't have one. She said, you go in there and you tell that man. And she said, you want two? I said, two? She said, oh, yeah, you want two because you don't want to go through this again. You want to try to get two. And I said, and if one doesn't take, you know. Mm-hmm. Two. So how so many embryos did you have frozen at that point? Uh, at that point, I had eight more. Wow. Okay. So we went in, talked to the doctor, and he said, well, let's do it. And so he told me what he was looking for. And a surrogate that would carry two, you know, as far as someone had carried two before, mm-hmm. somebody that was, you know, tall, was able to do it. And I found her. Mm-hmm. And I found her through a Facebook group, actually. Really? Did you put up like a post that you were looking for somebody? Well, a little bit about, a little bit generally. And I had an inbox message from a lady that worked at a newspaper in Salt Lake City. And she said, hey, I know a girl. Mm-hmm. And she has was going to be a carrier for someone else. And I think they ended up getting pregnant to, right before. And this lady had already been through all of her testing and everything. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to her and we connected and uh, she was the one. And we put two embryos in and I got two babies, girl. Oh my gosh. That must have been such a relief when you found out that it was going to work. Well, you know, I never really realized it was going to work. I don't, I think still today, it's like, did it work? And I gave my little boy who's 22 months old Tylenol this morning, you know, and yes, it worked. I mean, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you it ever really hits you because as soon as it happens, it's like, okay, I got to go into the mode. I'm mommy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it happened and she was a wonderful, great woman with a great attitude and was, did a wonderful job. And, um, you know, here we are. It, yeah. It, we did. Can I ask you, Paige, what was your, if you don't mind, like your relationship with her? Like, were you going on appointments with her? Yeah, I went on appointments with her, you know, before we did this process, I met her in person at great length, talked on the phone. So yeah, I went on appointments with her and, um, you know, my husband went on appointments too. Mm-hmm. And then when our babies were born, they were born early, like most twins are. doesn't matter if it's a gestational carrier or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were in NICU. We had some NICU time. Mm-hmm. And uh, my husband and I swapped back and forth for those days in the NICU. And um, then uh, we bought her ba- brought her babies home. And the, and the crazy thing was, oh, my gosh, I was so tired. We got home that night, but I'm so excited to have my babies at home. And I knew that we had to wake up and feed them and all that stuff. And I woke up the next morning. And I told my husband, I said, oh, my gosh. He said, they cried all night at the foot of the bed and you didn't even wake up. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was like, ow, you know, 
And I, I guess your body was, probably like shut down because you'd gone through so much. <laughs> I think it was just like saying, you know, it's out. You know, like you're checking out of this situation. You're mm-hmm. so tired. But, you know, the kids are great. But the thing that I look back on, you know, it's just, it's so hard financially for people to do this. And I was lucky that, you know, and I hate to say that late in life, but later in life, we had the financial means. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in my 20s, I could have never done something like this. Right. I wouldn't have had the money. Now, think about these people and young people that are trying to do this. And, you know, we just have to have a network of encouragement. Absolutely. And we all have to. And, and I've had, even since the show, a lot of people DM me on Instagram and if anyone listening to this wants to, at the page Dennis, you can just message me. I'll answer you back. I answer everybody back. I'll talk to you about your struggles. I'll give you an opinion. I'll be a sounding board, whatever you want. But sometimes we all don't have that someone we can talk to about it. I was lucky. I had Allison and we could talk about it together. And she was the coach. I really say that she was my coach. She coached me through it and to it. Yeah, absolutely. What a good best friend. But yeah, you're right. That's the whole point of, you know, me doing this podcast and you sharing your story too, is letting people know they're not alone and that there's community out there if they need it. Yeah. And I think another thing is there's so many different facets to infertility, Mm -hmm. you know, because let's face it, I was fertile, but then I had these challenges Mm -hmm. and other people have their own particular challenge and no story is exactly the same. Nope. They're all different different. I mean, this is, you know, people get cancer and there's all different kinds of cancer. People get infertility. There's all different kinds of infertility here. Absolutely. And I think that's what we as a community and as women have to say, you're not damaged goods. Mm -mm. I mean, it's not the taboo topic that you should never talk about. Mm -hmm. We've all got to extend the branch and say, look, I'm here to help you. Mm -hmm. And, and, and teach what we know to each other to be healthcare advocates because for ourselves and, and our prospective family, because everything is different. And everybody picks up one thing. I feel like every person I talk to about this has picked up one particular facet of infertility tidbit that I did not know. Same. Yeah. What's one tidbit that you have picked up that you would like to share? You know, I think one of the tidbits for me that I think is important to share to people is you do not have to use an agency financially. I mean, I'm not saying you, the agencies are bad. I'm just saying if you are intelligent and organized enough, which most of us are that have gotten this far in life with this struggle, you can manage this yourself with a great attorney that specializes in this, that's, you know, certified with different organizations. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, you can save yourself a lot of money because I think the first thing people look at is, okay, I'm going to go to this agency and they're looking at, you know, that $50,000 finder's fee and they're like, whoa, Mm -hmm. or you've got to put all that money in an escrow account, whoa. And I think there's ways to get around it. You know, in my case, you know, I provided a bank letter of credit that said I could, you know, borrow money if I wanted to. I mean, I didn't have $200,000 just sitting in a checking account. Who does? Mm-hmm. Who does? Right. And I think people don't need to automatically think that, that financially they can't do it because you can't. Right. You can figure out a way. And um, there's some, you know, 
grants and different things out there. And, you know, I didn't feel like we needed to apply for that. We had the money that we could get a hold of to do it. But I just think that people that the main tidbit is you can do this without an agency. If you get to the point I did, or if you have the circumstance I did Mm -hmm. and you know, it's still my baby. I mean, when I look at my little girl, she's still smiling. I mean, even if you adopted a baby, that's your baby. And, you know, be careful. My my grandmother used to say to me, be careful who you hang with because you'll soon grow to resemble them. I don't care if you adopted your baby, it's going to look like you some. Mm -hmm. I really feel like that. I know plenty of people that have adopted children from all walks of life and all all different ethnicities. And, And I always see, like, when I see them, I feel like I pick up, you know, oh, look through the eyes or look through, you know, and it's crazy, but I really think that's true. Well, there, have you heard of epigenetics? Yes, I have. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think I, I believe in that. And I had a guest on my show a couple episodes ago who is a donor egg mom and she got into epigenetics a lot. It's fascinating. And if anybody hasn't listened to that, that's listening to this, go back and listen to Victoria's episode because it's really cool. I'll go back. I'll go it's, back and listen. To yeah, it. It sounds it's good. It's really cool. I think you really like it. But wow, what a story, Paige! And I'm so glad you have your little twins. What are their names? Delta Paige yeah. after me, and uh, Zachary David after my husband. Because so I'm a good. Firm, I'm a firm believer women can name babies after them too. Now, for sure. Why not? <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah. If anybody wants to reach out to you, like you said, they can DM you at the page, Dennis. Yes, please. Is there anything else you want to add, Paige? You know, just if somebody's out there and they're listening to this and they're going to give up, don't. Mm-hmm. Don't. Don't give up. Because I promise you, when you hold your baby, however you get that baby, or if it's not a baby, it's an older child. When you get that child, all the love's going to come out. And you're going to be happy you completed this journey. Okay. Hey again. Thank you guys so much for listening to my conversation with Paige. And she is genuine when she says you can DM her. So if you want to reach out to her, you can go to the Paige Dennis on Instagram and she will answer all of your questions and probably make you roll on the floor laughing because she's that funny and cool. So thanks again. Don't forget to check out Fertility Rally Live and I will talk to you guys next time. Bye.